Hello, everybody, and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and today we've got a recap of the 27th annual KM World event from the eponymous veteran knowledge management trade publication. Our own Stin Matu was there, and now he's here to tell us all about the event, the trends, and everything we need to know about the meta search. Stin, Matthew, welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's good to hear from you again. (laughs) Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. Let's kick it off with a setup on the KM World event this year. 27th annual KM World event. What was the overall theme this year? What did you get out of it? Uh, and what are they trying to set us up for for the years to come? Well, I think that the the hot topic of the year from the beginning of this year um, has been those two little letters, AI. Um, yeah. And at KM World Live this year, it was, again, the hot topic. I don't think that there was any vendor or any organization that was uh, that was there that didn't either have questions about um, AI or were basically there to sell their wares on what they've got coming up in their roadmaps with AI as well. So I think AI, um, it was no surprise going into KM World this year that that was going to be the hot topic, uh, and it very much was so uh, across the whole of the conference itself. Well, I so I think that's uh, that's a great setup, uh, mostly because uh, I know we have some other things we want to talk about, but I'm so uh-huh. curious from your perspective, how reliable are the messages that we're getting from uh, across the vendor landscape uh, in, uh, you know, how confident should we be in what we're seeing as these this initial product run is hitting the market in uh, making use of AI, particularly in the field of knowledge management? Well, th- this is this is the thing, and it's it's something that everyone is talking about, and everyone's talking about it in a different way yeah. that relates to their products. Um, so, depending on what the what the use cases that are being delivered by a certain product, obviously the, the messaging kind of changes. Um, from our perspective here at Upland, we're taking a very assured approach with AI, um, and one of the things that I said in my in my keynote um, was that. Unless we can realize the benefits uh, to the user, any good feature is just a line of code on a server somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we've really got to understand and dig deep into what the users actually need when we're developing um, new technologies. So from from the work that we're doing, um, what we started this year very strong with an AI knowledge assistant, which is there to speed up the process of creating knowledge and improving knowledge um, for for knowledge workers and authors, right? So there's a there is a, a benefit there to them. In from the from the agent's perspective, in our last release, we've just come out with two um, two key enhancements to the project. So, one is looking at retrieval augmented generation. So, RAG that is that was a very common subject across the whole of uh, of KM World, um, and that is to generate answers from a knowledge base where you've got the sources. So, the knowledge is there, but instead of giving you the articles, it's it's actually curating a response based on the information that is available um, to that particular user through the knowledge sources that they have, giving them citations. So if they do want to go down and have a, a deep dive into that information to go on to find something that is um, 
deep within that article if, if originally the answer doesn't uh, serve the purpose, then they've got the option to do that. Um, and if they want to have follow-on questions, giving them the options of follow-on questions that would be related to that. So that is that is something that, again, will have a massive benefit, especially for call center agents, because the cognitive load for a contact center agent is to sit there and know what that customer needs in that moment. And obviously, the way that we're finding knowledge at the moment with articles, it still relies on them to go and read the articles. And that's why it's so important with the work that we do with customers is to make sure that the way that content is created is readable um, and is in, in a format which they would be easily scannable for them and they'd be able to get the information. And then the the other the other side of what we've just done in this last release for Bright Answers is we've we brought about a hybrid search. So taking the traditional keyword search that you would use um, and coupling that with some um, natural language understanding uh, and semantic search. So the, the, the content that you're going to get and the results that you're going to get are going to be more tailored to the intent of why you need that information. So when we're looking at these kinds of technologies and we're looking to bring them into the products that we've got, we totally understand what the benefit should be for the human being. And again, that is something that is massive in uh, in the debate of AI at the moment. A lot of people think that this is there to replace human beings. I personally don't think so. I have a, an 80-20 rule. So 80% of the, the hard work that needs to be done, yeah, let's get AI to do that. Let's get the AI to do the heavy lifting, but then leave the 20% of the work that's left to do so for the agent or the author, they can use 100% of their focus on the remaining 20% of the task. So what do we get there? We get uh, a workforce which is more supported. Um, the, the likelihood of churn of agents, especially in the contact center, would be less because they, they've got tools, they've got a genie that's there that they can just um, bring out of the bottle whenever they need to and get the answers that they need. And again, it's up to their intelligence. So they're still working um, their own brains and their own thought processes. They know their customers better than any machine ever will. Right, so the the sentiment that's coming across in a call, it could change in, in a second. So that's where it's really, really important when we're talking about AI and we're moving forward with AI is to always keep the human in the loop. And I'm I'm really glad that the majority of the people that that I spoke to personally at uh, KM World and I've heard from at KM World, we all strongly believe that. It is a case of this technology is there, and if we use it correctly, it's going to be something that is enhancing the work that humans do rather than replacing the work that humans do. Well, and I, I really appreciate what you have said here around the way implementation is going to continue to build trust back in the human agents, right? This human-centered uh -huh. AI concept is really important if we're truly going to be able to adapt and, and change our jobs and let AI, trust AI to do the 80%. You have talked about, uh, you know, using AI to address the pain points in uh -huh. knowledge management with the, the agent. I, I wonder how you think about that in terms of the uh, the cycle of knowledge, right? When it comes to what AI can can do to uh, augment and support agents in a, a call action, and 
how humans then get information back into the AI, into the trusted system to to leverage it for future knowledge. How are you thinking about both the inflow and outflow of information? The human touch is is definitely needed. So again, where where I spoke about the AI knowledge assistant that we've got, it's not there to go and create articles out of the blue for you. Because one thing that we all know, and it's well documented, is the biases that you get with um, large language models. They're taking content which is available to them um, and how they're being trained. So the nuances that are there sometimes aren't aren't correct. It all depends on the knowledge that goes in. So that's why it's very, very important, even with the content creation process, is that anything that has been created and assisted by a machine should definitely be checked over by a human to make sure that it is fully accurate before that is then being able to be served to uh, to agents and hopefully at some point to customers as well. So it's it's making sure that you've got that governance in place when you're creating the content that you need and not just relying on a machine to think, well, this is going to be quick for us. Let's just get it done. The machine can do it in, it can probably create you an article in, in less than 20 seconds. But if they, in that 20 seconds, if the content that is there, even if there is one mistake in, a hundred things that it's done right. It's that one mistake that is going to be the brand damage to an organization. Because as soon as that information is given either by an agent or by a, a chatbot or any other kind of form of um, AI that is basically speaking to customers and delivering knowledge for customers, the minute that that does that, it's the one instance that everyone knows about. It's it's a it's common knowledge, isn't it, Pete? That okay, if yeah. things go if things go well, people don't talk about it. If, but the the moment something goes wrong, then that's where the swarm will come on on top of it, <laughs> yes. and then just right. really, uh, really go to town on it. So it is a hundred percent important from the from the content creation period that you've got to get that right and even the the sources that you're going to use so obviously with uh, with large language models we can we can point to different repositories and different sources uh, to go and find the information it's very important that each one of those sources that you do want to connect are maintained um, that the knowledge that is in those sources is always checked and made sure that it's correct because obviously unmaintained knowledge will be the the root cause of the wrong information going out so there's a there is a lot to think about when we talk about AI and uh, and how we we apply that in knowledge management especially where it comes to creating content I think there are some easy assumptions to be made around what sort of corpus you're training your AI models on and that mm -hmm. it should seem so natural that if we're training our knowledge on our or training our bot on our internal knowledge base, then mm -hmm. surely it's completely safe, right? Surely it's it, it's going to be free of those sorts of biases that uh, that you mentioned, right? I'm curious if you see anything specifically wrong with that, with those easy assumptions. That's the ideal world, isn't it? That's the utopia. That's where we're yeah. trying to get to, right? Um, but one thing that we know, and from experience as well um, in the organizations that I've worked for, the best intention is to make sure that you've got 
the best strategy for content um, and the maintenance of content, right? So making sure that when when content is created, it is up to a, a standard, whether that's um, the content itself that, that goes into it, um, and also the way that the content is written, right? So, okay, so that is really, really important. And these are these are knowledge management um, basics. This is the one hundred and one, and that's the you can't you can't progress with technology and get it to do great things if the foundation isn't solid. So it's it's really important to make sure that we've got those solid foundations. So this is where something like KCS um, can really come to the fore in in the way that content is created and the way that large language models can be trained on content, which, like you said, is it sh- it shouldn't have any kind of biases. It should have uh, legitimate information in there that is always checked and improved. So th- that methodology is is there to do that. And it's, it, I would say, it's imperative to do that, um, to make sure that your knowledge is always used, it's always reviewed, and it's always kept up to date. Now, if you're in that, in that situation and you've, you've got this solid strategy for your, for your knowledge content, um, the optimization of the content that you've got, then the risks are lower. And I, and I say that they're, they're lower. I wouldn't say at this moment in time, 100% hand on heart, that we've got to a stage where AI can be 100% trusted with the information that's there, right? So mm-hmm. we, we still need to take cautious steps, assured steps um, towards utilizing AI. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use it because if we, if we look at, all of the technologies that have come out in the last 20 years, AI has been there. Maybe we haven't understood that it's there. Just think about it. You take your, your, your mobile phone out, you're going to start sending a message to someone, predictive text. What is that? That is machine learning, which is a form of AI. So we're already there. We're already up to that point. Um, a couple of weeks ago in, in London, in a, an event here, a Unicom event, there's a uh, there's a gentleman called Ron Young who's a um, who's a knowledge management professor uh, professional and also a leading authority on AI in knowledge management and a question that was put to him in in that conference uh, as part of a, a panel that we were on it was what's the tipping point when is the tipping point for AI in knowledge management going to come and he said straight it's it's already here. Yeah, we're in the midst. We're, we're in the midst, of right? It, right. <laughs> if if you're not using AI to a certain degree at this moment in time, um, whether that's uh, as as a as a customer or as a vendor, then your time is numbered. This is that moment. We're we're in that moment, and it's it's moving forward. But at the same time, um, Ron also agreed with the eighty twenty split that the human in the loop is is it's it's the key. It's the key. And that's where, obviously, as we move forward with AI, sometimes we have these fantasies of, right, okay, what the technology can do. And we really want to buy into that. And we really want to say that, okay, this is going to be totally life-changing, which it will be in time. But at this moment in time, we've still got to basically take those small steps, assured steps, and make sure that, that it's fit for purpose and it does what we need it to do for the end user. Let's circle back to your keynote. 
Tell us a little bit about what, uh, you know, maybe in the lens of this overarching sort of landscape conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about what you were what you were putting across on stage at KM World. Purposely, I I went in and I wanted to try to stay away from talking too much about AI. Yeah, um, because. <laughs> I think that, okay, you know, after a day or two of hearing AI in every single conversation, we kind of get so much. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. So my my presentation, um, I wanted to concentrate on what the importance of search is uh, for customer service organizations and contact centers, right? And really put it into context. through that, I wanted to throw it, to show it through the lens of of how frustrating it is for customers. Um, there was a couple of um, of stats that I brought up onto the screen. So, thirty three percent of customers um, in a, a survey with HubSpot basically turned around and said that being put on hold is the most frustrating thing um, th- that they feel. Right? There was another stat from the lens. Take it from the from the user's perspective. 60% of agents can't find the information that they need in order to serve their customers, and that's their frustration. So when we've got a frustration from the customer who's saying that I'm on a call and I really just want to get this done, or I'm on a chat bar or whatever channel that you're coming through, I just want to get my issue dealt with, um, and they're stuck on hold. There's a there's a blinking light that's on on a chatbot, or there's some hold music that they have to listen to. It's a frustration, and those sure. frustrations are, are are what kills the brand value um, for that customer, right? So we've got, we've got to think about that. Now, one thing that I did um, in my presentation is I brought up a stat from Forrester, um, and it's a well known stat within the uh, knowledge management circles, which is mean time to know. Um, and in through the work that Forrester have done, they said that 68% of the time on a call is what agents who haven't got uh, knowledge management would be going away to find the information that they need. So quite simply, I wanted to make sure that we really get this message to land. Um, so I set up a, a timer and a clock, which went through 100 seconds. And in the first nine seconds, I just basically set up that, yeah, this is Forrester's mean time to know. Um, and this is the time that you would be telling the, cust- uh, the the agent about what you want to get out of the call. What is your issue? What do you want resolving? As soon as that nine-second time lapsed and we've gone into the, the start of the 68%, which would be the 68 seconds of that call, I've stopped talking. In a similar way that I just stopped talking there for a couple of seconds, mm-hmm. as soon as you start to do that in this day and age and just stop, that's where people will start to feel anxious in certain situations. So for 15 seconds, I'm not I'm standing on stage, I'm just looking at the audience and I am not saying a word. And you could see the looks on people's faces—they didn't get what was going on. So after 15 seconds, when I've come back and I've just—I've just put it into context that that was 15 seconds, and you're probably thinking, "What's going on?" Now, for a customer, this isn't a hundred-second call. For a for a customer, they're going to be on a call which is likely going to take them anywhere between three and a half to seven minutes. And if 68% of that time you've got silence, if you've just felt awkward 
for the last 15 seconds while I haven't spoken, just imagine how your customers are thinking on the phone, right? How do they feel? So just to put the little things like that into context, because sometimes we we forget about the human side of the work that we do. And especially with contact center agents um, in operations, people just think about, right, we need to hit AHT. Our CSAT scores need to be this. Our MPS needs to be this. Our abandonment rate needs to be as low as possible. How many people have we got on calls? What's the quality? So we, we look at all of that and we talk about that, but we hardly ever put ourselves into the into the position of the customer. And we've all been customers, Pete. So it's the frustrations that we have, we seem to forget that when we start to talk in a professional context about um, the importance of knowledge management and in that scenario, search. Because if you've got something which has got a uh, the, the ability to, to bring you the answers that you need in a very quick and easy way to, to consume that knowledge – then obviously you're going to have a better experience with your customer. Your customer is going to ultimately then be a happier customer. And again, that the, the metrics that we that we use in call centers with MPS and CSAT, they are higher. And mm-hmm. there's more likelihood that, that that customer will stay with you and recommend you because they're getting a good quality service. And that's that's the the most basic thing that I think that we all need to understand, especially in the in the world of contact centers, that it's that delivery of world-class customer service. The tools in order to do that really d- playing a, an important part into the whole customer experience. Well, and if I may reflect, Stan, because I think that's an incredibly powerful message, especially through the lens of, you know, generative answers, third-party message boards and forums, all of these self-service opportunities that I may have as a customer, by the time I speak to an agent, another human being, shouldn't that be targeted as the highest value communication that the, the company, that the brand has with me? Shouldn't that be what we not forget that I may have already exhausted not just the seven or eight minutes, but mm-hmm. an hour trying to find the answer out for myself? And totally. it seems like giving, like addressing that that risk, the gap of, of time between customer and agent uh, seems like a, a an important one to keep allegiance between customers and the brand. Totally. Totally, because uh, your agents know your customers better than anyone, mm-hmm. and it's from a from a call to call basis. I've I've been lucky over the last twenty twenty five years um, of working in contact centers at, at all different levels. I've been lucky enough to to don a headset, and I know that when a call comes through, it's going to be different from each call to call. Every single call is different. Um, it could be the same subject that someone needs help with, but it's the it's 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 the main character that you're working with on that call is your customer. Mm-hmm. And they've got different needs. They've got they've got a different uh, requirement, even if it is the same issue that they're having. There's so many different nuances there. And to connect with a customer and deliver a service in that way is one of the most satisfying things that any contact center agent can do. And you, you'll hear it yourself, Pete, when you've yeah. contacted a, a contact center and, and 
you maybe had an issue and you've been frustrated, but you've got that one hero on the end of the phone that has been able to sort everything out for you. And the gratitude in your voice is what they resonate with. That's energy. That's that's a that's the part of your day in a contact center when you've had the the six calls with the customer who has been screaming at you um, yes. because because someone hasn't done something right or the product hasn't worked in the way that they need to, right? You've had to live through those calls, and the one where you get the opportunity to really go to town and resolve that issue for that customer to the best of your ability with the knowledge that you've been given and that is at your fingertips. And as soon as they basically say to you, thank you, I didn't think that anyone could sort this out, you've been great. Please let your manager know that um, I'm very happy with the service that you've given today. That one call will carry you through the rest of the week. And trust me, I know. I've um, I've been on many calls <laughs> where where that one has actually just really just set it off. So it's we've in in the work that we do, the lens that I look at everything through is okay, how can I go and support that person on the phone? or on that live chat that needs to basically excel in their job to make sure that they've just delivered world-class customer service. I, I, I spend much of my day in searching for great metaphor, uh, and it, it, I find it incredibly motivating when I find a way to realign my brain uh, in, in a new way around a particular issue. And mm -hmm. you just gave me one, in, in, you know, particularly in call centers, uh, in the brand relationship, you, the brand, are not the protagonist in the story of this customer service engagement. The customer is the protagonist. And that is that's a right. really powerful model that can change the way you talk to people. Yep, that's 100%. That is all it is, Pete. Remember, we're, we're human beings, right? Um, I know my kids always talk about NPCs, non-playable characters within, sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> within video games, right? Yeah. And how we're all the main characters of our own story, right? And remember, the, the person that you're speaking to, there's 110 things going on in their life mm -hmm. uh, at that moment in time. And we've got to make sure that with our character that we're, we're working with, in, in our script, which is the call center agent, they can serve the main character in that story with what they need to, to make that epic for them. You have already teased what you're working on with Right Answers. Do you want to give us a plug? Where should we go learn more about the work that you're doing uh, right now in contact center productivity solutions? Well, head over to the website, um, uplandsoftware.com. Um, obviously, you, we've got three different knowledge management products, uh, BA Insight, Panviva, and uh, Right Answers. We've also got Ingenious, uh, which is a CTI solution, and now Rant and Rave falls under us as well, uh, which is a customer sentiment analysis tool. So where it comes to contact centers, we're, we're definitely experts, um, and in knowledge management as well. One of the one of the lines that all of my colleagues at uh, KM World was was hearing from me when customers were stopping by our booth is we've got over three centuries worth of, well over three centuries worth of collective experience in knowledge management. Um, there isn't a use case that we haven't heard to date, um, and we've got a product that can basically help you overcome those use cases. So anyone who's interested, head over to the Upland Software website. If the products that I've spoken to you are your bag. Brilliant. Um, take a look at those. But we're 
over 32 different products with all of the the productivity goodness <laughs> that we've got um i'm sure that you could be there browsing for days as well but um yeah I, I would definitely recommend anyone to take a look and get in touch with us right because it is it's the expertise pete that that really stands apart sometimes um like i said we we know knowledge management we know contact centers um and we know use cases and we can definitely help um to overcome any challenges that people have. Outstanding. Stan, as always, I love having you on the show. I love learning from you. I so appreciate your time today. Always a pleasure. And I'll just leave you with uh, my strap line saying, if teamwork makes the dream work. So um, <laughs> as long as we can all all work together to, to, to overcome problems, I think we're all in a good place. Swipe up in your in the show notes, everybody. You'll find the links that Sin has been talking about. We've got a couple of other links in there too. We'd love to have you take a look at those. At those, uh, we sure appreciate you downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. We'd love to hear what you think. Swipe up again in those notes and look for the feedback link, and we can uh, get a question to any of our past guests, and we will do our best to get them answered. On behalf of Stin Matthew, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next time on Connected Knowledge.